You're listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Thursday, the 7th of December, 2023. On Market Day, we'll speak with Gemma Dale from NAB Trade. But first, banks, insurance and super funds will soon be able to give limited personal financial advice with the government set to introduce new laws. It's hoped it will make getting financial advice more affordable. The government says the median price to see a planner is around $3,500 and these new laws should help more advisors enter the industry. Now, while there still will be fully qualified financial planners and advisors, a new class of professional called qualified advisors will be to, will be available to offer these sorts of limited advice. For more, Raina Bosch spoke with Sarah Abood, the CEO of Financial Advice Association Australia. So these changes have come off the back of a review called the Quality of Advice Review that that spent most of 2022 looking into how we can get more high quality advice to Australian consumers that's also more affordable. Because at the moment, the the price of advice has gone up. It's become out of reach for for some consumers. The government recognises that advice is incredibly important for people to obtain nowadays. And they wanted to find ways that people could access advice more easily and quickly than is the case right now. Um, Just as a bit of background, financial advice has become a profession in the last five years. Advisors, to call themselves advisors, they have to have passed a really specific university exam. They have to have passed um, a a university uh, degree and also complete 40 hours per year of ongoing education. So that's been a big change. The costs of providing advice have also gone up a lot. So that was the context in which this review was done. And the goal is, as I said, to get the cost down and to enable more consumers to access it. So in doing this, the government is proposing bringing in existing financial institutions, banks, uh, super providers and the like to be able to provide advice that perhaps isn't at the same standard as what you get from a financial advisor, but is still quality. Will this work? I think it can work. I I think what's really important, though, is for consumers to understand the difference between I'm calling my super fund to get a piece of information about my fund or some quick advice on what investment option I should be in. I'm calling my life life insurer to find out a little bit more about my insurance. That is a very different conversation to going to see a fully qualified advisor and asking what what should I be doing? What are my best actions to make the most of my finances? So I think the, the concern that we have when large institutions are employing people They are proposed to be called qualified advisors. We're concerned that consumers won't really understand how different that service is to the service that you get from a fully qualified advisor. You're getting information about a product. You're not getting great quality financial advice that's in your best interest. Now, we're not opposed to that. There's definitely a need for that. You ought to be able to get a straight answer from your super fund or your insurer or your bank if you have a simple question. But what we don't want is to confuse people to to not knowing the difference between that information and comprehensive financial advice. Sarah Abood there from Financial Advice Association Australia. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. To the Australian share market now, which fell, but only just the S&P ASX 200 down 0.1%. For more, I spoke with Gemma Dale from NAB Trade. Look, it's off today, but I think that is 
a little bit a story of just how incredibly strong yesterday was. The market absolutely rocketed yesterday. It was up sort of well over 1.5%, which is just an extraordinarily strong day. And we didn't have strong leads out of Wall Street. They're a little bit soft. So you expect a bit of a pullback after a day like that. It wasn't like anything super exciting happened. And so we saw the market come back a little today. Most of it is weakness in the energy sector. That was going to have a very rough day after oil prices overnight and then everything else pretty mixed. Yeah, as you mentioned, that oil price down about 4% overnight. Why and what are the implications of this? It's a really interesting one. I find this fascinating because there was, again, not a particularly strong data set that was going to drive a move of that significance. That was kind of the shocking part about it. It's a big move, 4%. But what we're starting to see is demand is consistently weakening. And even though OPEC Plus is saying they're going to cut supply, it just isn't enough. They're not cutting enough to cause that kind of balance to come back and keep prices stable so the price is falling away. The implications, I think central banks are going to like it. They're pretty happy. Obviously, that will have some feed through into inflation figures. It's positive for consumers who spend money on petrol and it's positive for businesses that tend to have significant fuel costs. So there's a lot of people who will be fairly pleased about a lower oil price and hope it stays there. Um, China trade data out today. What does it say about the economy? Because at the same time, we had some stats saying Australia's trade surplus widened in October, not as much as expected, though, as uh, an increase in iron ore exports offset coal. Yeah, really interesting. So China trade data fascinating to observe. Surprises on both sides. So exports were higher, up half a percent. That sort of, we've had several months of negative, negative growth of falling exports. And so that was a bit of a surprise and the market was anticipating we wouldn't have seen that. So that was pretty positive. And yet on the flip side, imports fell and they were expecting a 3.3% increase. So you've got this really conflicting data coming out of China consistently. And mostly what it's telling us is that that extraordinary rebound we were hoping for from one of the world's largest economies. It's just not happening. It's super patchy and we're still getting patchy daddy to kind of keep us confused. What about the Australian dollar? How much have has its recent strength had to do with, with China? I mean, it's at about 66 US now. I saw a note from Citi today saying it could hit 76 by the end of 2025. Or is it more to do with that interest rate differential between Australia and the US? Look, I think you've knocked the nail on the head. I mean, it's it's a bold move putting a 2025 number on the Aussie dollar. It's always one that swings around a fair bit. And at this point, our guys had, uh, our FX strategists had the Aussie dollar close to 70 cents by the end of the year, which is not where it is, right? That, that was their forecast at the beginning of 2023. It's not made it to that point, and that is very much the interest rate differential between the US and Australia. You've got a 100-point difference there, and that's going to impact your flows Also, that just extraordinary strength in the U.S. economy has led to an incredibly strong U.S. dollar. So our guys are of the view it's the U.S. dollar strength rather than the Aussie dollar difference. And then also that interest rate differential. And unless you see those two things converging, you probably don't anticipate a real bounce in the Aussie. Those two things have to change. Perpetual, now a takeover target, boosting its shares today. What do you know? Yeah, this is Fascinating. This is a fascinating story. So Perpetual, highly regarded, long-standing fund manager in Australia, but they also have a corporate trustee business and an advice business and various other components. And they came to market yesterday and said they're considering a strategic review of whether or not they should break up those component parts of the business. 
they have received a takeover offer from Washington H. Soul Pats, which they have formally said that's no good. It needs to be much higher to recognize the value in the business. What's most interesting about this is that they have quite activist fund managers at Perpetual. And for many years, going back over a decade, those fund managers have been saying, Washington H. Soul Pats, you need to break yourself up. Your governance issues are quite significant. You own Brickworks. You've got all of these different component parts that don't sit well together. And now we've seen it come back the other way. So quite an extraordinary development. Fun to watch. Jim Adele there from Nabtrade. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.